Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. ex-husband Seal used the word crazy a lot the last couple of days describing the world we live in. We're going to go live to Conyonga Lake, New York, sharing White Lake just outside of Monticello. Speak to my mother, Naomi, coming up at 810. But from Conyonga Lake to Jerusalem, it's quite the distance. That's where we're going right now. Alex Treman, who was kind enough to join us yesterday and was so good, we're having him back today. Happens to be the CEO, Jerusalem Bureau Chief for the Jewish News Syndicate, JNS.org. Alex Trayman is live in Jerusalem this morning. Alex, I'll thank you for yesterday, and thank you very much for coming back today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Uh, yesterday, when I was talking to you, the sirens were still going off because of the rockets that Israel was still getting from the Hamas end, and everything I'm watching this morning, right now, uh, is showing that, is telling us at least, that Hamas is still sending rockets into Israel, but at the same time, Israel is basically demolishing Gaza. So you set the scene, you're in Jerusalem right now, what exactly is going on? Yeah, in Jerusalem, it's been quiet uh, for the last uh, 12 to 18 hours, but most of the rockets are not being fired toward Jerusalem. Most of them get fired up the Israeli coast. Remember, Gaza is a coastal enclave, and most of Israel's population center lives also along the coast uh, to the north of Gaza. So these are unsophisticated rockets that they just fire in the direction of Israeli population centers, just hoping that they hit. They've been firing continuously. I believe it's been over 10,000 rockets fired at Israel since uh, the start of this uh, conflict on Saturday. Uh, The IDF has claimed that the southern communities are now secure. We we have learned that there were over 1,500 terrorists that stormed into Israel through the southern border and uh, took people hostage in numerous communities within a 20-mile radius of the Gaza border. Those communities are now you know, under control and stable, and it's believed that uh, 
just about 100% of the terrorists have been uh, neutralized, many killed, some some arrested and are being held also as, as prisoners uh, in, in this conflict. Many people in the north uh, have started moving toward the south or are hunkering down because there is the fear that the Hezbollah in southern Lebanon could get involved in the fighting, opening up a, a second front uh, for Israel. And the IDF has approved the call-up of another 360,000 reserves, uh, more than doubling the amount they've called up already. Uh, so you have mentioned correctly that Israel is already engaging in some pretty uh, significant uh, airstrikes, a heavy barrage uh, inside of Gaza now. And the question is whether and when Israel will launch a ground incursion uh, into the Strip. You talked about the terrorists being uh, in Israel, and the fear was just yesterday. Just yesterday, we talked about a 1,000. Now you're telling me 1,500, that a lot of them are still unaccounted for, and that the Israelis are worried they can still be hiding out in towns in Israel, waiting for their second, I guess, attacks. And now you're telling me that they're pretty confident that's not going to be the case? Yeah, the IDF believes that they've secured the towns and that uh, practically 100% of the, the terrorists have been neutralized, uh, arrested, killed, uh, and they are announcing that the, the southern communities are safe uh, for the time being. Uh, you know, obviously, the, the border is, is much more heavily guarded now than it was on Saturday morning. Uh, so we're hopeful that there will not be any more uh, terrorist intrusions and that the majority of the fighting will be taking place on the Gazan side of the Gaza border. You know, there are some folks here in the United States that really believe Alex, Alex Trayman live in Jerusalem, that it's over for Bibi, that this attack uh, showed too much weakness. He has a lot of haters there anyway, kind of like Trump back here, and that it's over for Bibi. And when you consider that he loves the Israeli people and he's on his way out anyway, that a lot of folks think that he will be extra harsh, extra harsh in retaliating because he wants to kind of leave in a blaze of glory. You buy any of that? Well, you know, it's obvious that the heads will roll when this is over, you know, for the horrific uh, intelligence and security failing that occurred uh, Saturday morning on the Torah Jewish Holy Day. But it's not a time uh, for those heads to roll. It's time now for the leaders of Israel to come together. And we're seeing uh, even this morning uh, renewed calls uh, and negotiations toward a unity government between Netanyahu and his opponents uh, coming together in this time of immense crisis. And, and I think if you look at Netanyahu's actions over the the past uh, three years, in particular, considering especially the the signing of the historic Abraham Accords and now the negotiations that are ongoing to normalize with Saudi Arabia, uh, Netanyahu has, has stated, you know, he he is trying to change the Middle East forever, you know, and, and for generations, uh, and obviously normalizing with the Arab countries in the region is a major part of that. And the other part is is really cutting off the, the head of the, the terrorist snake here, which is Iran, as well as its tentacles. Uh, and his main tentacles are Hamas and Hezbollah. So if you really want to create peace in the Middle East, which I, I believe that Netanyahu uh, feels is his mission to do, um, yes, there was a horrific security failure and and 
maybe a thousand people are dead and and two thousand wounded. But in the course of history, if Netanyahu wants to succeed in his mission, where he's going to have to now uh, strike very very hard and and completely decapitate uh, Hamas. Uh, and probably Hezbollah as well, and potentially even Iran, uh, in order to change the face of this region for good for generations. Well, I want to get back to what you're going through, but to keep it political, just one more uh, time here, Alex. You mentioned Iran three times. Are you disappointed, are the Israeli people who are following the American media disappointed that even this morning, when the world, your president, us, we all know Iran's fingerprints are all over this, And yet the American president, Joe Biden, and the folks in D.C. who continue to give these people money and support came out late last night and said, sorry, we can't find any proof Iran was involved. Does that not disappoint the Israeli people? Because you know that Donald Trump has already come out and said Iran is involved. Why isn't Biden and this White House doing that? And for any Israelis that are paying attention, do you think they are livid? Well, I'll tell you, I, I think here in this region, you know, actions speak a lot louder than words. You know, we can be upset about what somebody says, but I think we could even be more upset that just a few weeks ago, uh, the Biden administration transferred $6 billion to Iran in exchange for five American hostages. Uh, and so maybe America has five hostages back, but now there's over 100 Israeli hostages in Iran's in the hands of Iran's proxy Hamas. So you know, essentially, Iran got six billion dollars and and at least ninety five more hostages than they had uh, just a few weeks ago. So it's this continued policy of trying to fund Iran, uh, much more than saying whether or not uh, they have proof that Iran was involved. All you have to do is listen to the leaders of Hamas who say that Iran was involved. I don't need the American president to tell uh, us here in Israel what what is obvious to everybody. Thank you, Alex. Alex Trayman live in Jerusalem this morning. So the sticking point still remains the hostages. And I've seen pictures of um, the little girls, those two sisters in particular, only because the mother called her husband here in the United States, and he was in the New York Post yesterday in pictures of his two beautiful little daughters and you got a whole bunch of folks, maybe upwards of 150, and it breaks my heart. But something tells me, we talked about the possibility, if not probability, wherever they're being kept is booby-trapped. Uh, I'm not even sure all of them are still alive. I can't trust Hamas to send videos that are even real. So my fear is, is that in Israel's enthusiasm to wipe out Hamas, which they should, as Nikki Haley said, finish them. In their effort to do that, there may be some innocent lives lost. In other words, I don't know how, in terms of precision, if Israel can do what they need to do and save all these hostages. Is that a fair concern? Absolutely. The hostage situation is the one that tears at the hearts and souls of the Israeli populace now uh, more than anything else. And pictures and threats of uh, hostages being murdered potentially as Hamas's has uh, threatened to do uh, to try to prevent Israel from launching uh, an airstrike uh, is something that uh, weighs very heavily on the minds of the Israeli decision makers here. Uh, But if we do start to see uh, videos and photos of hostages being held uh, inside Gaza Strip and potentially uh, even being murdered, uh, you know, one by one, I don't think that that's going to deter 
Israel from doing what it needs to do. Quite the opposite. It's it's a reinforcement of just how barbaric uh, Hamas is, and I think it would actually assist in a, in a strange way in maintaining international support for uh, a strike, for a continued strike. You know, right now we do see a lot of international support for Israel because Israel is started this conflict out in the position of victim, you know, of a, of a major, major uh, terror attack. But now, uh, as Israel begins to retaliate, uh, the, the perception is going to change uh, from Israel as a victim to Israel as an aggressor. Uh, and we're likely to face a, a large backlash from uh, people all around the world that, that hate the state of Israel, that, uh, you know, hate the Jewish people. Uh, and so in a way, the, the hostage situation, you know, it can't. It can't prevent uh, Israel from doing what it needs to do yeah, in this moment. Yeah, I agree. I hate to say it, but I agree. Alex Trayman is live in uh, Jerusalem this morning. I'm seeing all these stories. I just saw a mom and dad on TV whose son was at that uh, music, uh, the concert, and uh, he's, I guess he's missing. We know 260 people are dead, and you know how TV likes to do this. They make a bad situation worse. they got to show the text from this kid to his parents saying, I'm sorry, I love you, which is just for me, it's a bit too much, but I guess that's what the media does, and maybe that does drive home how barbaric these people are. But when you look back at uh, at the events, you know, bombing homes and apartment buildings, but specifically what happened at that concert on uh, Saturday night, I guess, Friday night, Saturday morning, was that not Shabbos? How, how was that all taking place? Yeah, well, not only was it uh, was it the Sabbath here, Shabbos, but it was also the Jewish uh, festival day, holy day of Simchat Torah. Uh, but as you are aware, you know, not all Jews are religiously observant here, and uh, you know, it's, uh, the Simchat Torah festival takes place at the end of a week-long uh, festival of Sukkot. Uh, so Israelis, many of them, you know, are not there. The schools are closed. It's a national week-long festival uh so it's it's a time for people to go on vacation and to to celebrate however they want and yeah some some people were were at a sort of a trance music festival uh, down in the south doing whatever they were doing uh, and it's actually believed that hamas uh, was potentially going to be waiting longer to initiate this attack uh to wait to make sure they had cover from hezbollah but but when they caught wind of this festival taking place, uh, understanding that uh, the people that are there were likely to be unarmed sitting ducks, that they actually advanced up the mm. launch date of mm. their attack specifically to target this festival, which has left over 260 dead. Wow. So are you still getting sirens? Again, you said you kind of removed from the fire and the fighting in Jerusalem, but are you still hearing sirens? Can you hear rocket fire from where you are right now in Jerusalem or none of that? Well, you know, there's a, there's an app system that goes off on everybody's cell phones when there are uh, red alerts, when it means that the Iron Dome has picked up uh, the fire, and, and those are, are basically beeping on everybody's phone nonstop and telling you where the rockets are potentially headed. Uh, you know, if they're close by, you do hear interceptions. Uh, in Jerusalem yesterday, there were there were several times, including around the radio uh, yesterday morning, where we heard and we heard again in the afternoons, and and you know, had to go to the the shelters. Uh, since yesterday afternoon in Jerusalem, we haven't heard uh, any sirens, but that doesn't mean that we won't hear later today.
Any uh, wrap up one or two more, Alex? And again, terrific job. Anything changing uh, on a daily basis? Are schools closed? Are, are people not going to work? What, what is what is what does it look like in Israel this morning? Yeah, so schools are closed. Uh, the traffic on the roads, which is usually pretty congested, is. Uh a fraction of what you would normally see. So it's clear that uh, people are staying home, especially if their kids are home. You know, Israel is a country that just has so many children. It, it's hard to imagine, you know, how many kids are here. Uh, every family has three kids, you know, some, you know, I have five kids. It's, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of kids. So when they're home, the parents are forced to stay home. People have been uh, raiding on the supermarkets, uh, you know, because there's been uh, rumors that there could be, uh, significant shortages that uh, especially if Hezbollah will get involved in this uh, conflict that we might risk losing electricity if uh, power stations are targeted uh, and the like people are stocking up on water. Uh, people in the north in particular have been uh, steadily moving south uh, over the last uh, two days with reports of certain communities having as many as 90 percent of people uh, fleeing out of their communities and the rest told to hunker down in, in shelters because there is a very, very significant risk of the opening of a, of an additional front. Uh, so, you know, people try to keep it normal, but it, it's very, very tense. Uh, you know, most uh, Israelis have fathers, sons, uh, brothers, uh, you know, daughters uh, in the military or know somebody that's been uh, killed in the horrific attacks from Saturday morning. So it really does uh, pull at the heartstrings uh, of every single person in this country, and it's, it's a very, very tense uh, and it's a very surreal situation. Mm. So on the way out, you know, as angry as Netanyahu is, and deservedly angry, and, and as fierce as this response will be, and hopefully it will be, I should say, you know, he, he showed some heart because, correct me if I'm wrong, but did he not warn some of these people who are Palestinians, mind you, to leave certain areas of the Gaza Strip before we started to bomb there. Did he not do that? Oh, absolutely, and that just shows the difference between the Israeli military and Hamas. You know, Hamas, what they did was they bombed a surveillance tower so that they could then penetrate the border and start viciously attacking citizens, men, women, children, elderly. Uh, and the IDF is has military goals and is bombing military targets and it's it's actively telling the citizens in those buildings to get out because those buildings are going to get knocked down and uh you know the one of the generals in the IDF you know made an announcement saying you know that the the border between Gaza and Egypt is open for the time being and he urged as many Gazans to get out of the strip as possible while that border is still open because what's about to come down uh, what's about to rain down on Gaza is going to be uh, extremely severe, much more severe than what we've even seen uh, so far. Alex, just be safe. You have been uh, really important to this New York audience. There's more Jews, I think, in New York than Israel. <laughs> so we uh, we have a huge audience. We're number one here in New York, and uh, people are listening. And we appreciate your bravery, your courage in coming on. Hopefully we can do it again tomorrow. Just be safe, and uh, best of luck to you and all the Israeli people. We love you. We're rooting for you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. There's definitely more Jews in Israel than in New York, and uh, this place is is the, the present, the past, and the, the future of the Jewish people. It's true. And not only that, this is the front lines uh, for all of Western society over here. You are right. Be safe, okay? Thank you so much. Thank you.
Alex Trayman, uh, second consecutive day. Tremendous job right there. Alex, once again, is the CEO of the Jerusalem Bureau Chief of the Jewish News Syndicate. And you can follow him on JNS.org. Thank you, Alex.